0: On the other side of Texas, history has its place. On the other side of Texas, justice rules the case. They don't like it, they don't love it. They say we're all wrong, but on the other side of Texas halls, we roll on.
1: thanks for tuning in telling a friend that you hang out here on the other side of texas it's all everywhere right now nothing grinds my gears like things being everywhere but glad that you're tuning in got a great show we're going to talk about uh, one of the most famous elements of texas culture and that's the alsops burrito coming up here shortly the history of the Alsip's world famous burrito pat green said it best it's a two-day-old burrito a road trip yet to go and i can't remember the words exactly i'm not in my 20s anymore turning 40 next tuesday a week from today turn 40 and then we got uh on the sunday side of a road trip weekend and i can't remember the words there either Uh, but he reaches down into the behind the seat finds the two-day old Alsup's Burrito. Haven't we all done that at some point? And we're going to talk about the famous history of the world-famous Alsup's Burrito. Also getting with our friend Wes Rappaport, Reports uh, coming up about half an hour from now, but want to begin this edition of Other Side of Texas with Rick Kiefer. Rick Kiefer is a employee a long time employee of Alps and knows a thing or two about the world famous Alsip's burrito. going to get Kiefer in with you uh here momentarily wait one second let me try to figure out what's what we got going here oh there it is right here on the other side of Texas exclusive interview with Rick Kiefer We'll bring that audio to you now. And now, as promised, the history of the Allsup's world-famous burrito and alsops We have Rick Kiefer with us here. Works for... What, what do you call the group, Rick? We're called Zia Broadcasting, and uh, we're basically the
0: broadcast arm of the alsops convenience store company. See, Allsup's has some-
1: radio stations. Yep, we've got a group of radio stations
0: based in Clovis, which, of course, is the headquarters for Sips and has been for more than 50 years. We've got four stations here, and then we also have two in near Amarillo up in Borger and two down in Andrews, Texas. So we've got eight in total that I manage for the Allsips company.
1: Does Stripes have radio stations? I don't think so, Rick. No, they don't.
0: They don't have their own stations. They They should.
1: <laughs> Do you play like a uh uh Alsace burrito break and then a uh Chimichanga break and then a Tulsa's break? Is that how the radio you know, no, surprisingly it's not. We actually uh it's just one of many uh commercial clients that
0: are on the air. Uh, you know, we have probably I guess maybe a hundred clients on the air and also is certainly our largest advertiser because of course they're our parent company, but uh we do that to support so many stores. We have a number of stores here in Clovis, Portales, uh, in Elida, and then in Melrose here in New Mexico. And, then of course, as you head toward from here to uh, to Farwell and really going both directions toward Lubbock and toward Amarillo, all the way along just about every community has a neighborhood Allsup.
1: Yeah, neighborhood Allsup. And that's what we want to get into here with Rick Kiefer. With Allsup's, I want to ask you why. I I honestly believe that outside of the slush puppy commercials whenever I was a kid, I never heard an Allsips commercial. It was just assumed that you were going to go to Allsup's. I was raised in Abernathy, 2,904 people. At least that's what the census sign said for most of my life, population sign. Uh, But Allsup's doesn't have to do a lot of commercial advertising either do they
0: well they do where there's kind of a concentration of their stores they still do that today uh in the case of uh where they may have a number of stores like as an example of roswell or or wherever different markets around the area where they have a concentration of a number of stores alamogordo what have you here as well as in the west texas uh so they do in markets have uh more of a marketing presence where there are more stores in one location some of them are uh, supported by billboard locations along the highway many of the uh, all stores are uh, intentionally kind of located in the in the bedroom communities that serve all of all of the region and that's why they're located along the highways Uh, they're that uh, place to go in and grab a a quick soda or a cup of coffee or whatever you need along the way And actually, in some of the towns, they kind of serve a different purpose. In the case of a lot of the smaller communities, they're different focused as uh, the fact they have more different food products, more similar to a regular supermarket. They add in hamburger, a greater selection of canned goods, things of that sort, uh, because in many of the small towns, they may be the only actual food source in town.
1: Yeah. How old is Alsup's? Well, uh, the company
0: itself uh, has, has a heritage that started uh, maybe to, to back up the the, the entire word Allsup is uh, a description for really two people, and that's Lonnie and Barbara Allsup. They were born and raised not too far from where you were born. They were born in Morton, Texas, mm-hmm. and uh, grew up there. Uh, Mr. Allsup, uh went to the military in the days of Korea. I don't remember if he served there or here, but I know he served at that time in the in the conflict. Uh, his wife was attending college when he returned. They got married, and he went to college, and also they started a group of convenience stores one we at a time, first one, and then I think up to six in total, in Roswell and uh, New Mexico. And at that time in Roswell, they had uh, the chain was called Lonnie's. 7-11 hmm. because of course it was the hours that it was open well at the same moment the national 7-11 was growing and it came to New Mexico and said hold it there's there's somebody in this one town that's using the name and you know we had to just buy them out and, and start using it ourselves all across the state and that's what they did they made an offer Mr. Alsip accepted it and then uh, the Allsips company moved to Clovis and have been here you know, i want to say very close to 60 years well more than 50 and it's always been a family owned and operated business it's absolutely a, a family business even though it's huge with like the second i think largest private employer in the state of new mexico when they had all of our mm-hmm. texas and oklahoma employees in with new mexico mm-hmm. since our home office is here uh it's just we're a large company, and yet at the same time, we're absolutely a, uh, a mother father operation. Is it still? Cold? Had, Go ahead. And and that has been the case. Uh, Mrs. Alsip has always been fifty uh, fifty in carrying every bit of the company all through the years. Uh, she's always been the uh, the person to handle the all the details. Uh, I think Mr. Allsup was the one who always was out about two or three steps ahead of everybody else doing what he was doing. And a great example, uh, Allsup, from what I've been able to find, is the first company in the country at a convenience store level that offered gasoline pumps at their stores. Because convenience stores didn't always have gas pumps. You know, we think of that today as being a given, but it wasn't always that way.
1: Hmm. So you put that together. Are they still called Lonnie's 7-Elevens in New Mexico? No, no. That became the
0: 7-Eleven company, and uh, they continued in Roswell. And I think through the years, we may have bought some of those stores back, and, uh, and other locations may have taken over some of the other ones. I don't know that 7-Eleven
1: is still operating in New Mexico. Yeah, so Rick Kiefer here with us uh, talking about allsips. A lot of people interested in this. A staple of many rural communities in West Texas. Uh, All of this in the hype about Bucky's and the Bucky's convenience store in uh, the Texas Monthly this month. We wanted to look at something that is closer to where we are in West Texas. Uh, tell us about the floor plan for these stores why do we walk in the registers in the middle two registers in the middle red tile floors bathroom more than likely is off to as you walk in off to the left tell us about the floor plan as much as you can and then i want to get into the world famous burritos
0: Well, in the case of the floor plan you described, that's kind of what I would call the older store set. Many of those were all made at roughly the same time. Which was when? Uh, I want to put those probably 60s, 70s, and maybe early 80s. Okay. Uh, By the later 80s, the company adopted a little different, a little larger store set, more square feet, a little different interior look. I've seen about, I guess, through the years of uh, of working in the such company, and, and I've certainly not seen every one of our 315 stores. But uh, I can tell you that it seems that there are maybe three or four different generations of stores in the company. One of them is the one you described, and those are the ones that many of our locations through this part of the country are because they were some of the first ones that were built.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They all had a limited amount of space in the back. For an ice machine uh, for a very small manager's desk and a little place for bread. And then an area that basically had the the uh, shelving and of course the refrigerated area with a walk-in back door so that you could fill in behind the, the front shelving and take advantage of that space. They were very space effective. They uh, always had that red tile that you're describing And uh, I think that was a popular thing through that whole first generation of of the company. When they moved to the next stage, then they had a little larger store set, had different color scheme. Uh, I find that at some locations that I travel. And then there was kind of like another tier that just was an update from that. And then finally, the large ones that I see as I travel around the country, uh, many of the smaller ones here in New Mexico, as well as, as all across Texas, are being replaced. Uh, we may have had three different locations in a city. Now we may have two, but they're the much larger stores. They have 12 pumps instead of four or, you know, these types of things. So mm-hmm. uh, the, there's been several different stores set through the years. Each one of them has uh, more and more refrigeration available to the store. Uh, gives it more supply place to have backup supplies beyond what's on the shelves. So, uh, you know, the company has, uh, has certainly made changes in its look over the years, but that's part of being around for for now approaching 60 years.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rick Kiefer with us here, other side of Texas. I want to ask you, Rick, about uh, the world-famous burritos and the origin of The world famous burritos this has made pat green songs it's made uh all you know the west texas consciousness knows a thing or two about the also burrito hardly would you meet a west texan that has not eaten an also burrito talk to us about the origins and how it might have been a little more surprising how this came about than people might expect
0: well, you know, I, I got this story directly from Mr. Allsup, uh a number of years ago, and he had a smile when he was telling me the story. He said, We uh, placed our order as always, and uh, we got our regular supplies for the stores at that time. But there was this huge mistaken delivery. Now, I don't know the number, if it was a, a truckload or a semi load, I don't know how big that load was. But we received a huge amount of these burritos that we hadn't ordered. And Mr. also tried one and loved them and had made the decision that we'll keep these and we're going to sell them and see if folks like them. And, uh, that was 40 plus years ago. And it has kind of become, it's, it's funny. I talk to folks all over the country in my regular daily job. And, uh, they'll say, you still have the world famous beef and bean burrito. And I'm sure we do. The first question is always this: Can you send me a box? (laughs) Yeah, because that's such a—it's one of those things you find here, and you may not find them anywhere else. Now, today, I believe we have seven burritos. That's how much it has grown. Now, do we still have the 40-year favorite? Of course, but we also have all the different burritos with different types of uh, different types of jalapeno in it, uh, Hatch green chili. Is in some uh, these types of things, so that it's uh, it's gone from one unique item to now out to seven items that support that whole uh, burrito chain, if you will.
1: So it all started as a mistake.
0: It all started as a mistake, and uh, as I think my boss at the time said, he's one where you know once in a while things work
1: your way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine a youth without a Tulsa Diet Coke and two Allsup's Burritos.
0: Well, you know, once you uh, you get into the Howlers, those have become my favorite through the years. And uh, we used to do radio remotes for the Allsup stores here in Clovis and Bertalis and around the surrounding area, as well as our stations up in Borger did for Ten stores there are stationed in Andrews for all sips down in that area. And as the case was, one thing we always did is to give away free samples when we were doing our live broadcasts. Mm-hmm. And there were folks that would look where you were at to make sure at lunchtime, because we did this between 11 and noon. They would literally find which one of the stores you were at if you didn't say, because they were going to stop in and have some free food from the truck wagon. <laughs> So, you know, it's, uh, and I mean that in a good way. Regular listeners that mm-hmm. uh, that would literally look forward to trying to find you. Until you said on the air in the first break, we're here at, you know, whatever location. Because then a lot of folks would show up, and uh, often people would come in, they'd try the free samples, and then they'd go, gosh, those are really good. And the jalapeno poppers, I think, are one of the best things that we carry. That's just a personal favorite, though.
1: Yeah, Rick Kiefer with us here. On the other side of Texas, 315 stores. How many of them are east of I-35? Do you know? Oh, you
0: know, uh, the largest, I'm not sure. I couldn't even give you a good number. I would say that the farthest reach of our company, and this is kind of a broad stroke explanation, is from Stephenville, Texas to Gallup, New Mexico. So it picks up a huge east to west swath, and then probably north to south, maybe 300, 400 miles. We did finally have several locations open in Oklahoma here in the last several years. So now we're not only New Mexico, Texas, but Oklahoma as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, tell us, I don't have anything off the top of my head, but just give us some more Allsup's intelligence here, things that folks ought to know about the company. What what did happen to the slush puppy? Why is the slush puppy no longer around?
0: You know, I I think that was one of those, uh, quite often these things are part of a, a franchise agreement, and I don't know this story, so... Uh, Please know, I'll offer my best thought on it, and that's all I can. Uh, Many of these things are on a franchise arrangement. They may travel with a particular store. As you know, you go into a a gas station, they may have a McDonald's inside Mm -hmm. or whatever. But many of these types of smaller type things also kind of go with the franchise. Now, I I can't say that, that that's the case with this, but in my 21 years around here, I've never seen... Uh, one of those in an Allsip store. Now, I've seen them in, uh, I want to say that Stripes has carried, in fact, they have one pretty similar to that. It's a different name, but a similar product today. Hey, and hey, it's a very good
1: beverage. There's no need for you to blasphemy right now. We're, we're talking about Allsips. We're talking about the true thing. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, you know, I'll tell you what, There, uh, we, we have a number of great operators Uh, here across our region. They really do a nice job to supply the goods and services that folks need when they need them. And uh, and I'm very proud of AllSip stores. They're uh, almost 201. They're all 24 hours. They're all open on Christmas Day when you really need something. And, you know, it's one of those where they're always, well, I don't say always, but they're generally one of the best sources of the things that you need and even at a great price. I don't know of anybody else that always sells bread for eighty-nine cents a loaf. So I don't know of anyone
1: on these bigger news stores. On these bigger news stores, the floor plan is bigger.
0: Yeah, the floor plans are much bigger. In fact, they're about the size of a store and a half of maybe some of the smaller ones that you might run across every day. Mm-hmm. So the the store inside set is much larger. It allows for much nicer uh, restrooms in there, more supply room uh, for the people, and even a small office for the manager there that uh, that they have. So it it's really opened up the size. Plus, probably a fifty to seventy percent increase in the square footage available to the customer. Yeah. So that's really a lot a lot of improvements, more choices, more. Instead of having one coffee creamer, we can have three or four. Just it's just more space to do everything you'd like to do better
1: because I was in Plainview and forgive me, I don't know the layout of Plainview better, but I believe it's on Columbus Avenue. And there was an allsops that was shuttered, there were four by eight plywood up in the windows, but up near I believe West Fifth is the name of it. Uh, the main drag through Plainview they had a bigger. Store set, but it still no, bothered that's... me, Rick, to see an Allsop shuttered. I think a lot of people shudder when they think about Allsop shuttered. What's the future of this company?
0: Well, you know, I, I don't know that the the future has has probably ever been brighter. Uh It, it certainly went through a change in its uh, in its control. Mrs. Allsop continues to operate the company. Uh, Mr. Allsop. Her partner passed away just over a year ago here Mm -hmm. in Clovis, and uh, I don't know of anyone that I've ever worked for that was a better boss or was better with his people than Mr. Olson that I've ever met in my life. One of the the kindest and uh, most considerate people and absolutely most generous people I've ever met. And uh, one of those where the the behind-the-scenes is those two folks have been doing stuff, and I I see it in a lot of different ways in our community here in Clovis, because of course they live here. And they see the need when, uh, and I I won't give too much of an example, but when there's a community need, I've seen them step in anonymously just to help out with the need, because something needs to be done, or someone needs a hand, Um, they're just incredible folks. And those are the folks that have kind of piloted this from being a one-store out to 315-store uh, privately-held company. Now, that's kind of unique. You don't find store chains this large normally mm-hmm. owned by individuals or a partnership. That has been the case here with Mr. and Mrs. Olson. So yeah. the Alsop's company has, uh, has, through the years, grown by adding things it needs. A good example is they added the radio stations to grow the store sales by using the radio to help market it. And of course, we also work with all the other customers here in town as well. That's part of it, but along the way, they when they added gas, very early, they were able to purchase a jobber set up to where they were able to become our own petroleum company. So today we have Alsip's convenience stores. We have Allsop's Petroleum that handles the petroleum part of our product. Uh, so there's a lot of different things. Uh, I know that Mr. Alsip was one of the people fundamental in starting affiliated foods in their huge distribution food center that's located up in Amarillo today. Mm-hmm. And that I've just seen pictures of, but it's like the size of maybe two city blocks. It's huge. It's just one mammoth food distribution warehouse.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's that's where affiliated packages the food that ends up being sold in in most of the grocery stores that are non-nationally affiliated all and, around the area.
1: Yeah, in rural communities for sure. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. So uh, that uh, also, uh, I know we're, we've always been very closely associated with the Plains Dairy, because, of course, all our stores need dairy products. So um, it, it's kind of been one of those that I think Mr. Alsop grew uh, his company with those affiliated companies as they grew, if that would be a way to put it.
1: Yeah, what do you make about the rural? Uh, we talk a lot about public education in this program and independent school districts rural independent school districts i think to a lot of the folks who would fight for their rural school districts and talk about friday night football or the pride of their communities lots of times schools are called the lifeblood of their communities also wouldn't be very far away for a lot of folks to say you know what we're going to fight for our Rural Independent School District, but we're also going to fight for Alsips. that you're mentioned in that conversation, Rick Kef- Kiefer, what, did, what does that say to you that that's the kind of pride that people have about their Alsips and their communities?
0: You know, I've, uh, I've heard a hundred different examples through the years, and uh, probably it shouldn't uh, may not be in a position to properly quote any of them because I, I would be getting them secondhand, and that's not right. But I, I do know that the the one thing, and in, in, I've only been in uh, Clovis now for 21 years myself, so I'm not a lifelong resident. I moved down here from northern Wisconsin, and uh, mostly to get away from the awful winters. And uh, luckily I found a place far south, and uh, Clovis has been a, a great home for me. But I think that uh, at the same time, the reason that, I have stayed, and the reason that this company, just as much as stayed, is because Mr. and Mrs. Alsip were born and raised here in the local area, just over in the West Texas, in Morton. They've had long-time family relationships here. They have, uh, you know, of course, they've been in our community for between 50 and 60 years. Uh, very strong in church and in every other way that uh, that a person is measured, community involvement, uh, working with the Salvation Army with every different thing that they could do. And uh, they both have been very, very passionate with their different things, but the one always constant is they're always trying to do things good for the communities they're in. And I know there have been times, I've heard this directly, when a community at an example where there may be a, a good, there's a, a community I shouldn't say which one that doesn't have a public septic system, and our building septic system has capacity issues. So we purchase more land so that we have more capacity if that makes sense. And because there's no community public offering there for sewer system. Now normally we would have had to close the store. But so many folks had directly made a a plea, if you will, to the company. You're the only place we have to buy groceries for 30 miles. You know, please keep this store open. Mm. So there have been times where uh, the stores have been relocated because of sewer or because of better availability, highways changing. Uh, You know, traffic patterns, of course, change over the course of time. If you look at 50 years ago, where were the traffic patterns and look at them today? They're dramatically different. So to answer your question about shuttering, that's a good example. We shuttered one in Muleshoe and went down the street and opened a new larger store. So that's that's usually the kind of thing that happens when you see one of our older stores shuttered. It's because there's a new large store next to it or within a few blocks. Yeah. So that's that's always kind of a goal. Uh, it's been underway for many years. There was a time I thought this company was going to dramatically increase its number of stores, and then decided rather to improve every one of the existing stores we had. So that's that's kind of I think been the mission for the last number of years, and it's been it's been uh, well accomplished.
1: Yeah. This is uh, Rick Kiefer. Uh, talking about Alsup's, I would be lying to you, Mr. Kiefer, if I didn't say that I probably owed you, along with three other guys, for a Christmas tree back in 1996 that uh, <laughs> we we, we might have lifted without paying for it there in average. No, no. Yeah, well, we
0: probably owe you You know, that. I'm glad that you wouldn't do those kind of things today.
1: No, I would not do. Wouldn't have to take... <laughs> I probably will just go down to Allsup's and, like, some lady will be looking at me big-eyed and I'll just hand her a 20. This is for 1996 right here. But... And that lady... You know, she wasn't working there then, but that's okay anyway. It's, yeah. it's still, it
0: still it, it gets it off your heart.
1: Well, it is a really big deal to talk about Allsup's with us on the, here on the show. I talk about Allsup's quite a lot, and I think it's a West Texas staple, something a lot of people are pr- very proud of in their communities. appreciate you making time, uh, Rick Kiefer. Uh, anything else we need to know before we jump off with you?
0: Well, you know, I I would offer one other thing, and that is that uh, these stores serve very unique locations, and their people try their very best to do a real good job. I know that our company, like all companies, are always looking for good people who would be in the area, who would have an interest in uh, seeking employment. I can tell you as a 21-year, now a, let's see, 12-year employee of all that uh, there's probably not a better company to work for. They offer excellent benefits, and they have jobs in every one of our little communities all across the region. And uh, it's it's a good place to be.
1: Rick Kiefer, thank you for making time. Man, I appreciate it. Always good to talk about allsups. Uh I hope that we can have you back on sometime to talk more about Allsup's and uh that's our conversation with rick Kiefer about alsops loved it that is a uh a bucket if you do a radio program west texas bucket list to talk with somebody from allsup's i did lift a christmas tree i am an aficionado of the allsup's world famous burrito and uh, that was a real delight for me. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to get somebody else I enjoy coming up after the break. West Rappaport. Rappaport Reports going to be with us here in just a moment. Okay. Stick right with us here the shoes, on the other open, side of Texas. Seat,
2: knock that chill off your bones.
1: Got food on the fire. Can I get you some to eat? Make yourself at home. Yeah, I'm on the run. I'm looking out. As he is with us often, he is here now. He is West Rappaport. Rappaport reports, and uh, that's how you can find him. What is it where we can find Rappaport Reports Instagram? Hey AJ, it's
3: Rappaport Reports on Instagram at West Rapp on Twitter. All right, and that's the that's the latest and greatest. First of all, you give me a tough act to follow. Uh,
1: hey. We just schedule things as we're able to, Wes. (laughs) Um, uh,
3: It really is, in the grand scheme of things, quite an honor to follow uh, the Allsup squad.
1: I'm sure with all the running around you do, you get an (laughs) Allsup and world-famous burrito from time to time, right?
3: I got a great also story for you. It's my one and only also story okay. in my two years in on the South Plains.
1: I on the cap rock, not the South on Plains. On the cap rock. Go ahead.
3: Fair enough. Um, so I uh, I on my, in my time in Lubbock would would cover severe weather from time to time, and uh, the initiation for uh, covering severe weather was when the night was over we'd stop it and also because we're driving out in the middle of nowhere right to cover some of this weather in the in the, the strike unit or we, somewhere uh,
1: somewhere to somebody Wes but go ahead
3: that's, well that's fair enough S- but, sorry but, to but keep correcting
1: you I just got to do my job here
3: <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things not a ton of people where uh, the where the action was from time to time but we're, we're out there uh, covering severe weather and we'd uh, we'd on the way back uh stop at an alsops and and get uh, an alsops burrito and so that was the initiation was everyone on their first time would uh would go out and get the alsosps burrito and then from there on out would would anytime we'd take a new person out storm chasing we would uh bring them to the alsops and get the burrito so anyway that's my that's my alsops claim to fame there
1: uh but it's cheaper if you get two of them
3: <laughs> that's right. And depending on how
1: long the drive is, then
3: you, you know, that's, you got to space it out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate how you didn't go below bar here and talk about, not only does the all-story blow people's minds, it blows their pants. Uh hey. I appreciate that about you, buddy. <laughs> so, well, I, if, see you're, what if I you that it, not me. All right. So... Wes, let's go from... I, first of all, I love, love, love. Like, I feel like... And I don't I don't think this is wrong. I was covering Texas politics before you were. And then you got moved up. You got your big raise because you're the up-and-coming Texas reporter. I get it, and I love it. Um, but now you're on top of all this stuff like I'm not. Like... I got a little bit of journalist envy with you right now because you've got the inside scoop because you're paying such close attention to this stuff. You aren't in, like, a Lubbock market. You're you're going... How many Westar... Uh, how many different stations are you broadcasting to?
3: Well, first of all, I'd, I'd argue that it's the other way around, that I get the journalism envy from you from uh, being able to... Uh, you know, know, carry on the way that you do with with the folks that you carry on with. But anyway, uh, it's 12 stations in Texas, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: uh,
3: including uh, KMAC and KLBK there uh, on the Caprock.
1: Thank you, buddy. See? See, Because that's my whole... Here's my thing. Let's just diverge into this for just a second, and then we'll get into some real news with you. (laughs) Okay. I I turn 40 next Tuesday, and I regret that I don't turn 60 next Tuesday or I could have helped this disaster that is the South Plains, uh, referring to this. Because there is no other portion of Texas that you will hear referred to by National Geography, Wes. You won't hear, well, That's it's the South Plains. Mm-hmm. The South Plains of what? because if you want to say well it's the south plains of texas well have you not ever driven down to the coast because on the coast those are plains what they mean is the south plains of these united states and as i look at the calendar coming up on march 2 is texas independence day i reject the notion that any region of this state barring the coast the third coast should be referred to by national standards because no other part of this once great texas Republic, it, republic its own nation is referred to by that. Na- you've got the rolling plains you got the ro- rolling plains of texas you've got the hill country of texas um, the pine curtain of texas nowhere else do you hear the south plains of texas I don't, I reject it, and I appreciate you coming with me on the other side to talk about the cap rock. I just want to tell you I appreciate that, Wes.
3: Well, it's a I I appreciate being. Uh, see, really, what I was doing was was just uh, tossing you the softball and and waiting for you to to take a swing. But no, but really, it's it, it's a, it's one of those things that I as a as a uh, Californian. Have learned about you know the the people of Texas and and the pride that is associated with uh, you know certain areas or regions of of the state and and the state as a whole. It's something that certainly I don't I, and never found you know in my upbringing in California. So to, to to kind of learn about as we go the different regions and the different values and the different language and the different pride that comes with it is is a great learning experience for anyone.
1: No, well, I mean, look, this this further substantiates my point. Lamb, Castro, Hockley, um, Floyd, um, all of these counties up here were named a- after. Bear County was broken up into counties. They're all named after Texas independence heroes. So why would you then drag their names through the mud in their holy Texas infamy and call it the South Plains? That is a question I'm directing not at you directly, but at a lot of people. It's not the South Plains. It's the Caprock. It's, it's where we fought the Comanches off, and it deserves better than to be called the South Plains and that I'm done preaching now, Wes, so
3: <laughs> let's... Uh, I love my Tuesday shirt.
1: Yeah, okay. You know, we do need to get some Wes Rappaport Tuesday shirts made. I mean, Randall McKenzie didn't come up the turreted rock towers of the South Plains. He came up the turreted rock towers of the Caprock to defeat the Comanches. Period. End of story. So, let me get off of that whole jam and go with you <laughs> on so daniel the digital millennial he won't mind me saying this here he put up a post yesterday on our facebook page that um the five thousand dollar increase out of sb3 for teachers was excellent news we took that post down because i said daniel i don't know how excellent that news is it seems to me to be a band-aid on a bigger problem, and the bigger problem is the money that's going into school districts. To me, on the surface, West Rappaport, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, I'm just going to ask a question. If you won your last election in a red state like Texas by 6%, you begin to identify, if you're the lieutenant governor of the great state of Texas, where your deficits are. And maybe it puts you in a better position to give teachers, which were a strong alliance against him, $5,000 more a year, but only for one year. Is this a payoff, Wes Rappaport? Is that what's going on? Well, you've
3: certainly built up the argument that that would make a lot of sense that, that it could be a payoff. You know, do, do I think, you know, if you're asking for my opinion, um, you know, th- there are... A lot of ways to, to to look at this and and one of them is that it's a payoff the the uh, some of the other ways you can look at it is is yeah it is a band-aid uh, maybe a bigger band-aid um you know maybe a tourniquet or or, or you know however you want to describe it to and, and and maybe it's it's you know laying the brickwork laying the foundation for um you know for larger issues down the road maybe you know on the one hand, you could see it as a payoff. On the other hand, you could see it as kind of trying to ease some of the fears that teachers and other educators have so that then maybe some some more meaningful change can happen down the road. You know, maybe teachers aren't hung up necessarily on um, the, the, the paycheck issue off the bat. You know, it, it's kind of, uh, feeding the wolves, so to speak, hey, here's something that, that you can, here's some real money that you can get next year. Now, as we do this, let's also do some other things. Let's also, uh, you know, uh, focus on, on the priorities of public education uh, in the state of Texas. And so, you know, it, it kind of depends on, on what your, your leanings are. You know, is, is, it, a, is it a payoff? Maybe. Is it a, a a solution? Maybe is it a temp- whether that's temporary or long term? You know, who knows. Uh, and and you know, we still got ninety days to go in the session, so you never really know what's going to happen until it's over. So we could see some, some more meaning, meaningful uh, uh, decision making mm-hmm. come out of, out of uh, the legislature this year. So you know, I think um, is it a step in the right direction? I think a lot of people would say yes. Um, is is it, uh, you know, are these decisions falling on deaf ears? I think a lot of these uh, teachers are, are making their voices heard. I mean, We covered the Texas PTA rally yesterday. Um, and and, and there what were was hundreds, that one? Well, there were hundreds of parents and teachers and students from all over the state. Um, and, and I talked to Nathan Johnson, the new Dallas uh, state senator, about it. And and, I, and he said, I said, you know, do you think that the these voices are being heard. Do you think that this has had an influence in in the politics? And and first of all, to take a step back, you know, very rarely do the the, the rallies and the political events and the uh, you know all of the the excitement at the Capitol, whether from from people who are not lawmakers, very rarely does that align perfectly with the issue of the day or the session. Uh, Inside the dome, um, and uh, but yesterday was one of those days where the the issue lined up perfectly. Senate Bill Three, uh, Jane Nelson's bill to give uh, uh, teachers Jane a Nelson five thousand dollar raise mound. out of Flower Mound. Go ahead. Five thousand dollar raise bill was before the finance committee on the same day that hundreds of teachers and parents were rallying mm. at the Capitol. So you know that uh, is a rarity. Because um, rallies are a dime a dozen out here, but this one, uh, for a lot of people, felt like it made sense. And and I and Jane Nelson today said, "Gosh, how perfect was that? That the, that the parents and teachers who were outside were were, um, you know, their voices were being heard, in the form of this bill getting put through." So, mm-hmm.
2: um,
3: th- there there are a lot of different ways to look at this, and, and um, you know this this rally was was really remarkable. I mean, it's people from all over the state. Um, who who wanted their voices heard. Anyway, Nathan Johnson said, yes, I do think that the voices are being heard. And, uh, and he argued that the, the, the PTA and, and sort of parents and teachers as a whole are, are one of, if not the most influential group of folks um, uh, in terms of getting lawmakers to act and react the the issues that they are passionate about, um, so it, it was uh, really a, an interesting twenty four hours.
1: Yeah, in Wes Rapaport with us here on other side of Texas, the speaker Dennis Bonin, in an event I believe this morning, saying that this is just a we need we have a more substantive problem than just given teachers a one-time pay raise.
3: Well, absolutely, and, and he said that. that he, he was actually one of the keynote speakers to this group of, of uh, parents and teachers yesterday, and, and he said just that. I mean, he said, he said look, uh, you know, there are other issues a la school safety and, and retired teachers and mental health, and, I mean, you name it. Um, th- those issues are, are all prevalent and and related but also you know kind of go down a different vein in terms of uh... how they need to be tackled and and so um, you know i think obviously this funding piece was something that's been talked about for a long time uh... you know um, and and with meaning no disrespect long before uh... some of the, the school violence that we saw over the last you know year and a half um, these are issues that have been have been bubbling and boiling in previous sessions, that have now you know kind of spilled over, and it's time to address it now. So, yeah. um, and and within that within that vein, you know, you've got these other issues, uh, mental health and and school safety, and these other things that that are also part of the discussion and can't be uh, ignored.
1: Uh, Wes, where are you right now? Were you just getting out of your uh, car? You in the parking yeah, garage? Yeah, we
3: we're just uh, getting ready to go live here on uh for one of our uh, one of our next star affiliates. All here.
1: right. You're just going to jump off this and go to that like you're a big shot and then probably go to the Driscoll and have some drinks, right? Hey,
3: we do a little bit of everything and we talk to a lot of people.
1: The uh the problem that I see emerging in the house and the senate is that <laughs> The House wants to do, as the Speaker said, put the money into the districts, let the districts use it at their discretion. The Senate side, no, we want to go straight to teachers. But the bottom line between those two is this whole property tax discussion, Wes. And it doesn't seem to me that you're going to do much about property taxes uh, in the state share versus local property holders, uh, residential property holders especially. Uh, without putting that money into the district's hands so that they can lower their tax rates.
3: Oh, well, and, and that's part of, uh, I imagine, what will come out of tomorrow's discussion um, when, when House Bill 2, um, the House version of the uh, property tax bill, uh, goes up for uh, its, its hearing tomorrow. Um, and so, you know, there, there are so many different ways to look at this. And you talk to anybody, you know, anybody will give you a different version of the priority and a different, you know, approach for how to, to tackle it. And so, you know, how do you do two separate issues that are so different but so intertwined, but you have to approach them both differently and together? I mean, it's, it's, it's complicated for a lot of people, and and so the, the, the idea is that you have to... To navigate it carefully.
1: Did you, you still, also did, have, you still an burrito, did you steal an awesome? did you an burrito or a Christmas tree?
3: <laughs> no, that's just some street action where uh, Okay. I'm, I'm doing battle with Austin Fire Department. Itself.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Um, but anyway,
3: so you know it's 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 all gonna come down to um, you know is is this going to to work in for the constituents? Quite frankly, and and if it doesn't go down the way that the constituents want, then they're going to vote some of these people out. If it doesn't go the way that they, you know, that they were promised. So yeah. um, we'll we'll kind of have to, to to see how it all shakes down. But it's exciting to to follow it along as it goes.
1: What are you about to talk about on your live report?
3: Uh, well, I am uh, the behind the scenes of the live report today. My my coworker is talking about. Uh, uh, freestanding ERs um, and, and some of the, the trials and tribulations yeah. that, that
1: come along with those it. things so are kind of a sham
3: it, it gets you know you want to talk about a complicated issue freestanding ERs is up there
1: yeah you go in there you got the wrong insurance you're going to have to put the second mortgage on the Ponderosa that you're already That's being right. taxed at for too much
3: that's right, and uh, and Steffi Lee will talk about it tonight on KMAC and and KLBK.
1: All right, well I don't want to steal her thunder. Maybe <laughs> maybe next time I'll have you put her on the phone.
3: Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get Steffi Lee in on the action.
1: Well, we love our West Rappaport reports, and uh, appreciate you coming on, buddy. Thanks for making time. Thank you. As always, a, always a lot pleasure. of a lot of people like hearing from you, especially on the podcast. Get some nice notes about Wes Rappaport. So, oh well. Hey, uh, getting allsips awesome on March two.
3: Hey, I'll I'll I will I'll be there. I'm in line.
1: All right, buddy. We'll talk to you next time.
3: Thanks,
1: Jay. All right, Wes Rappaport. Rappaport reports close up with him. Oh, that was some loud applause there. West Rappaport, love that guy think he's doing great things and uh, talk with one of the deans of Texas journalism every Wednesday Ross Ramsey, who will be on the show tomorrow with us with Mike Bazaar and uh, just to load up that show for you and uh, tell you, I appreciate you tuning in you make this show worth doing and we try to bring you the best here uh, all sorts of burritos pass it on to friends who uh, may have their own stories with Alsips? I will, and I will put it up on Twitter too. I will make a point to go to an Alsips location and just give them $20, or I may just mail it in to corporate office. Apologies for 1996. Uh, Gonna jump out. You can find this broadcast as a podcast. Anywhere you can find a podcast. You go to anywhere. Anchor, go to your iphone go anywhere and you can find this episode we're on twitter at ostx show facebook other side of texas other side of you can go to the website subscribe and be brought the latest and the greatest uh here on the other side appreciate you tuning in and telling friends that you hang out here Right here, going to get home, got to get home. Great family, above average dinner waiting for me there at the Ponderosa. Some basketball action tonight. Lubbock girls basketball. And I'll see you next time right here on the other side of Texas. Ross Ramsey, Mike Bazaar on your Thursday drive home. We'll see you next time on the other side.
2: Two step away.